Welcome to ACC Stars, Where Are They Now? I'm Erin Summers. I'm a sports broadcaster that's covered the Atlantic Coast Conference for a very long time, and I grew up a fan. I've always been curious what players do after we obsess over them in college. This podcast answers that question. Each week, you'll hear an interview with a former ACC athlete. We'll find out everything they've been doing since playing in college. Thanks for listening. Let's jump in to ACC Stars, Where Are They Now? This week, I'm joined by former Duke guard Becca Greenwell. Greenwell battled through injuries and sits atop the Blue Devil record books for most three-pointers made, with 301 in her career. Greenwell was drafted by the Washington Mystics in 2018 and has stayed close to the game in her professional career. Here's our conversation. Becca, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of ACC Stars. Where are they now? Starting with that theme, where are you currently calling in from? Yeah, so I'm currently in Kentucky, um, in my hometown, which if you would have asked me a year ago where I would be right now, I never would have said um, back home, but the pandemic has done some crazy things. So right now I'm, I'm back home in Kentucky and honestly I've been enjoying it quite a bit. That's where your basketball career started, playing in high school, playing AAU ball, had a lot of success growing up. What got you into basketball to begin with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I was young, I played, I was very athletic. So I played any and every sport, um, played soccer, baseball, basketball. Um, but as I got a little bit older, probably around like age 10, I would say, I really started to take basketball seriously. Um, and I just loved it. It helped that, you know, I was a little bit taller than everybody else. So that they definitely gave me an edge um, on the competition. But I really just fell in love with it, and I mean, I'm still in love with the game, just in a different way now, but, um, you know, couldn't have asked for a better playing experience, and basketball has opened so many doors up for me and has taken me to some incredible places, so um, wouldn't have it any other way, but really just a, a natural um, love for the game. Some of those incredible places and moments happened at a young age. You won three Nike national championships, a part of your AAU squad. And then you set a three-point record, 17 three-pointers in one game when you were in high school, which was a national record. And then as the the under-16, under-17 teams, you won gold medals. At that young of an age to have that kind of success, how did you handle that? What did it mean to you? Yeah, um, you know, it was an incredible experience to have all of that happened um, before even getting to college and getting to Duke. Um, But I'm just really grateful for it. Um, I had a lot of attention on me during that time looking back, Um, but I've always just tried to remain humble. Um, I'm a, I was always a hard worker, still really am a hard worker. So I always just wanted to give 110% and those are just the results that followed. Um, But yeah, like you said, it was, some awesome experiences getting to um, travel the world at a, at a young age at 16. I got to play with USA basketball and win two gold medals, one bronze medal, but got to travel to Italy, um, to Mexico, Amsterdam, um, all in high school, which was, was really, really cool. Um, and in high school, had a great career um, at Owensboro Catholic, um, which is in my hometown where I'm at now. 
I'm actually helping the high school girls out um, as a coach while I'm in town. So it's kind of been some deja vu a little bit, um, but had a great career there. Won a couple state championships. Um, like you said, I, I broke that national record, which did not expect to do whatsoever. It was just one of those games where I got hot and literally could not miss. I think I was 17 for 24, which as a three point shooter, that's pretty good percentages. Um, but I mean, there's so many highs um, at a young age and um, just carried into college where I had an awesome experience at Duke as well. You mentioned a lot of the highs and those great experiences. However, you did have injuries early on in your career. You had ACL on both, you know, surgery twice when you were in high mm -hmm. school. How did you persevere through that mentally and physically? Yeah, absolutely. Um, injuries has been a, a huge part of my story. Um, I've actually, I sometimes lose count how many surgeries I've had <laughs> at this point, but I think I'm at eight is the total count. Um, but two serious knee surgeries in high school, which was, you know, so hard to do. Um, one ACL injury in general is hard for any athlete to overcome, but two back-to-back uh, -back before even getting to Duke was extremely challenging. Um, but I just put my head down and, you know, worked um, as hard as I could to come back. And, you know, looking back, I, I don't wish that would have happened to me, but it's made me into a, a very tough and resilient person. And I can, you know, deal with any adversity now. Um, so there's definitely some positives that I've gotten out of coming back from those injuries. Um, but, you know, just lessons along the way and made me into a stronger person. And by the time I got to Duke, I was, I was ready to just play because I, I'd already been through so much. I would say you were ready to play, but you still didn't get to play right away. You had to redshirt your freshman year. Yeah, that was the, the downside. I was ready to, ready to go, but I had uh, one more surgery when I got there my freshman year. Um, had a meniscus surgery that I was not expecting to have. Um, so I ended up redshirting that freshman year, had to sit out, which – was hard to do since I had missed my junior and pretty much all of my junior and senior year of high school as well. Um, but ended up being a blessing in disguise because I got to watch and learn. Um, and for anybody, even if you're healthy, trying to transition from high school to college basketball is really hard to do. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of nice to just um, be able to watch the seniors. I had a great senior class whenever I was a freshman learn the plays and just get adjusted to college life because there's a lot to adjust to at that level. Ultimately, why was it Duke that you ended up picking and wanting to go there? Yeah, um, I really wanted to, to go to a great academic school, um, but also wanted to play at the highest level I could, and that was Duke. Um, best of both worlds, everyone says it. It's, it's kind of cheesy, but it really is. Um, and just the basketball tradition, um, there's nothing like it out there. Playing in Cameron was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I got to do it every home game, every practice. Um, and I, I still get, you know, chills just thinking about playing in Cameron. So um, if you have that opportunity to play basketball at a school like Duke, I, I mean, I couldn't turn it down. And I don't regret it at all. It's the best five years of my life. What were some of those moments that stand out to you on that court? Um, definitely senior night. Um, couldn't have asked for 
a better way to go out. Had my whole family in the stands. We beat North Carolina. Um, I had a really good game, and we played really well as a team. Um, and it was one of those nights again I just couldn't miss. So to go out my last game in Cameron like that, I, I couldn't have asked for a better one. You had 30 of those games where you couldn't miss. You had 30 games where you scored 20 points or more while you were at Duke. How were you able to develop just such a good shot and have such great touch? Yeah, I think it just it's just repetition. Um, you know, no one wakes up and is a great shooter. Um, for me, I was just, again, I always was a workhorse. And I was lucky that, you know, my stepdad really worked with me a lot at a young age. Um, and as a young player, it's hard to become a great shooter because you always have your form that you're used to, but he worked with me every night in the driveway and as uncomfortable as it was, just trying to make sure my, my shot was perfect. Um, and eventually when it was after that, it's just repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, and that's how it was when I got to Duke, um, you know, before every practice I was in the gym early getting shots up after practice I was getting shots up um if I had a bad game I would go in the gym and try to get 200 makes um but it's really just all about repetition and being disciplined which I think the injuries helped with as well having that disciplined mindset um but yeah it really just came down to hard work um and getting all the shots and reps in you had 301 three-pointers three made when you were at Duke, and it wasn't because you just chucked up a lot from outside. You <laughs> shot 40% from the three-point line. Where was your favorite place on the court to take a shot? Um, I would say the wings. Um, definitely my favorite spot. Right or left wing, is, it was definitely my hot spot. I was not a fan of the corners. Um, but anytime I had an open look on the wing, I was, I was going to let it fly. <laughs> How did you kind of develop throughout your career at Duke um, into the player that you were perhaps a leader on the court? Yeah, I would say um, I grew most in my, my leadership ability. Um, coming in my freshman year, I was super shy, probably wouldn't even speak unless I was spoken to. Um, I'm a naturally reserved person, so that's just kind of how I was. I was kind of in my little shell when I got there as a freshman. Um, but Coach P, um, when she was there, she really wanted to get the most out of me. And she pushed me out of my comfort zone to speak up um, and just become a better leader. And I'm really glad she did because each year, you know, I could see myself grow and develop um, just the way I spoke up, the way I, I treated uh, my teammates and my coaches. Um, and the growth from freshman year to my fifth year, senior year was just exponential as much as I um, grew as a leader and just as a person in general. When you were nearing the end of your collegiate career, what were your options? Um, what kind of decisions did you have to make about playing in the future and where? Yeah, um, so my dream goal was to always play in the WNBA. Um, but unfortunately, towards the end of my playing career, I had a, a knee injury that was pretty serious. Um, I knew I had to have a surgery after the season. Um, but I still entered the draft, and the plan was to hopefully get drafted and then play the next year. Um, and I did get drafted. I got drafted mm -hmm. 
the 2018 draft to the Washington Mystics. And they told me, you know, get healthy, have the surgery, and then come back next, next year and try to make the team. Um, so long story short, I tried that. It, it didn't go as planned. Um, Knee-wise, I ended up having to have another surgery after that last surgery. Tried to come back from that. My knee still wasn't having it. Um, so eventually the injuries finally caught up to me and my body just told me you, you're done. <laughs> so it, it wasn't what I wanted, um, but I gave it a very valiant effort. I would say um, just almost two, two and a half years of rehabbing, trying to get back. Um, and it just came down to my body. It wasn't only my knee, my back started flaring up and my body just eventually told me no. Um, but during that time, while I was trying to get back, um, another blessing in disguise happened. I was able to get career experience outside of playing. Um, so the past three years now, I've um, been able to explore what I want to do after basketball and have found some new passions in the sport, um, but outside of playing that I've really fallen in love with. And um, that's kind of where I'm at now. And that's how we met. Um, mm -hmm right after I graduated, I was, I had an opportunity to do some broadcasting, which was a great experience. Um, met you there. So, um, just had a lot of awesome experiences after graduating, um, that have really opened my eyes about, you know, what's next, um, with life after basketball. Yeah, definitely want to dive into a couple of those things, but first mm -hmm. off, when you reach the point with your body that, you know, you said your body told you you're done how did, I mean, how long did it take you to accept that um, and be okay with the fact that you wouldn't be playing basketball anymore? Yeah, honestly, like I would say two, two and a half years. Um, having that surgery after college, I worked my butt off to come back from it. Um, and it got to the point where I'd rehabbed for like over a year. And then the doctors told me, hey, this didn't work. We're going to have to do it again. So, if we, I mean, you can only imagine how frustrating that was. Um, then I was feeling good coming back from that. And then my back flared up and I, because I had a herniated disc in college. Um, so that flared up. I ended up having sciatica all the way down my leg for like six months, which is the worst pain, worse than any knee pain you could ever have. Um, and after that, I was like, okay, like I can't even <laughs> wake up in the morning without being shocked down my leg. So I think I'm at the point where I should probably just take it easy and try to get healthy for just life in general. Um, so I would say honestly, probably about two years. Um, but again, luckily while I was rehabbing, I was working mm -hmm. um, and covered, you know, I have passions outside of basketball. So I would say just the combination of finding other passions made the um, acceptance of it a lot easier. Um, obviously, I wish I could still be out there, but yeah, I'm totally okay with it now. One of those things that you did was go back to Duke, where you did rehab some, you worked with the team, and then you were on the radio broadcast as the color analyst. What was that experience like, and what did you learn from it? Yeah, that was um, an incredible experience to have that opportunity. Um, it was interesting because it was a year after I graduated, so you know, the year prior I was on the court playing. Now I was working in the office, calling the games. 
Um, so big transition, something I had to get used to, but I honestly enjoyed every minute of it. I loved calling the games with Chris Edwards, um, exploring broadcasting a little bit, um, which I really did enjoy. Um, didn't love it, but definitely enjoyed it. Um, but it was just fun to be back and be back in a different capacity. Through Duke, you've done a lot of networking, somebody that you called upon, Grant Hill, who is associated with the, the Hawks. Um, you ended up moving to Atlanta and working for the Hawks team. How did that come about? Yeah, um, that was a crazy experience as well. Um, but I was finally ready to move on from Duke. My knee still wasn't cooperating and I just needed a change of scenery. Um, so my family actually lives in Atlanta now. Um, and I've always known I wanted to potentially work for uh, an NBA team in a front office capacity. I knew the Hawks were there and I was like, there's only one person I know that's connected to the Hawks and it's Grant Hill. Um, so I went out on a limb, got his email and sent him a cold email, introduced myself. Here's who I am. Here's what I want to do. Um, and he responded to my surprise the next day and was like, I know who you are. I've watched you play your whole career. Like, thank you for the way you've represented Duke. I can try to make a phone call and see what happens. Um, and that ended up leading to a, almost a year internship, I would call it, with the Hawks, which was awesome. And it was a, a front office role with their community department. So I was able to great, gain great experience in the marketing and branding community side of sports. Um, which I fell in love with and, and realized I had a, a talent on the marketing side of things. Um, so extremely thankful for him for that opportunity because now it's led to what I'm doing now. One of the things you did while you were there as well is work with their camps. Um, you started your own camps and kind of do instruction. You said that you were there coaching at your former high school. What is it about working with younger players that you enjoy? Yeah, I love, I've always loved coaching younger players just because, um, you know, I see everything that basketball has done for me. And, you know, I'm no one special. I grew up in a small town, a rural community. Um, so anyone can do it if you have the right instruction, the right mindset. Um, so I just want to try to give back to as many kids out there um, because anyone, really, if you set your mind to it, you can go far. And basketball will you know change your life so I want as many kids as possible to have that experience so I love doing it. When you were with the Hawks you said that you did a lot of marketing and that led to your next job. Um, after that year with the Hawks how did you get into working with the NBA where you are now? Yeah um, so this is a another crazy story but I had my last knee surgery in New York um, and at this point, I still wanted to get back and try to make it to the WNBA. And I figured the best chance to do that would be to rehab with the people who did my surgery. Um, they're the best of the best, best doctor, honestly, in the world. Um, so I really wanted to find a way to get up there. Um, so every time I'd go to a doctor's appointment, I would try to set up informational interviews with people in New York, at the NBA, at the Players Association, NFL, anywhere I could. Um, and I just networked as hard as I could. Um, long story short, the MBPA, which is the NBA Players Association, 
um, reached out and said they had an internship and I was welcome to interview if I wanted. So two days later, I was flying back to New York, interviewed, um, and a week later I got the job. So I left the Hawks, moved to New York City in February, and was there for about a month and a half in the office, and then the pandemic hit. <laughs> so uh, another change in the plans. Um, but after the pandemic hit, um, came back to Kentucky, and I've been working remote with them ever since. And I mean, I, I'm remote, but it's honestly been really nice. I love what I do. Um, I do marketing and branding um, for their grassroots department. Um, so it's in that camps and clinics um, space as well. We are the Players Association, so we represent all 450 active NBA players. And we, um, we own their marketing and group licensing rights. Um, so anytime brands want to use a player for, you know, an advertisement or a campaign or to license them in NBA 2K or something like that, um, the NBPA controls all of that. Um, and grassroots is just a department of the NBPA. So I do a lot of um, camps and clinics is one part of what we do, but a lot of it is just trying to find players, business opportunities outside of actually playing the game. Um, so it's a lot, but mainly umbrella term, I would say marketing and branding. And I enjoy it. I love waking up in the morning and not having to commute <laughs> on the subway every day, but still um, enjoying what I do um, quite a bit. So it's been a wild ride since I've graduated, but um, it's led me to, to something I really love, love to do. When you you moved, so you moved all of your stuff, got a place in New York, and then a month and a half later, you're, did you move everything out? Do you still have a place there? So that's, that's another funny story. Um, so <laughs> I have a former teammate that lives there, still lives there in Brooklyn. She happened to have an open bedroom. So when I moved there, I just brought three bags and just crashed in her um, extra bedroom. And then once I left, I thought this thing would last two weeks. Didn't think it would last over a year. Um, and so I packed up one giant bag and hit the road and, and came back to Kentucky. So it's funny because I actually lived out of suit out of a suitcase pretty much up until yesterday. I just got my bag back from New York. She just sent them to me and they got back yesterday. So it, it's been insane. I've basically been living out of a suitcase, but finally have all of my stuff back in one place since yesterday. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm glad that you're kind of a little more settled now and hopefully this won't last very long with where you're at right now. I mean, how do you see your job, your career evolving over the next few years? What would you like to be doing? Yeah, um, I really like the marketing and, and brand partnership space. That's where I'm at now. Um, but so I'd like to definitely stay in this realm. But really, just the more, um, you know, lives I can impact, the more I can be around the youth um, and just try to inspire as many people as possible as what I enjoy doing and what I'm passionate about. So if I can find a role that allows me to do that, then I'll be just happy. You're coaching there a little bit. Is coaching in your future? Is that something you'd like to do more full time? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I do enjoy it. Um, but it, it's kind of like broadcasting. Like I enjoyed it, but I'm not totally in love with it. But it's something I like to be around. So it's more of a, a hobby. Of, of I would say it's more of a hobby than a, a full-time career. But definitely love um, doing it a little bit. Duke just made a huge hire with their new women's basketball coach and Kara Lawson. How much do you stay in touch with the program and the people there? And, and how excited are you about, you know, kind of what's happening there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I still have a ton of close connections at Duke on the staff um, in the Durham area. So definitely keep up with them a lot. Um, I've, I've watched the games. I enjoy watching the games. And, you know, I think, um, you know, there's limitless potential there now with Kara Lawson. She's such a great leader um, and such a great coach. So I just, you know, I, I can't wait to to see what they do. I'm, you know, I feel sorry for them with everything that's going on with this pandemic. Um, but once everything calms down, I, I'm really excited to see where they go. Yeah, they've had a couple games or a game that just got postponed, canceled because of COVID and something that's going to continue happening over the next few weeks for sure. Um, everyone's kind of had to deal with it in one way or another. How much do you, do you watch basketball in general? Um, how much of a fan are you of the WNBA, the NBA, college basketball? Yeah, I watch a ton. I mean, I always try to watch the Duke games, Duke women and Duke men. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a fan for life. I, I work in basketball and I also – enjoy watching it. So anytime I can catch a game, it's turned on at my house. For any young players that are out there that want to reach the kind of levels of success that you've had, go to a place like Duke, maybe some who have dealt with some injuries or setbacks, you know, what do you, what do you say to, to them? Um, I would just say always try to be positive. Um, you know, no matter what the situation is that's thrown out of you, you can find something good in it. Um, and also don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone. Um, it might not, you know, be the easiest decision, um, but it's always worth doing um, if it's going to challenge you and push you to be better. So that's kind of been the theme of my career so far. Um, so I would definitely say that to anyone out there who's listening. It's been awesome to catch up with you. I'm glad that you're healthy and happy in what you're doing now. And hopefully you can get back to New York, back in the office and back to some normalcy there in the next few months. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you don't ever miss an episode of ACC Stars, Where Are They Now?